Welcome to episode number 118 of More Than Bread. I'm Dan, and I'm your host. I've been the pastor of Calvary Church in Central PA, a multi-site church, for going on 30 years. And this podcast flows from a conviction that's developed over time, that we need more than bread for the soul of our life. We, we need to saturate in Scripture. The people of God need the Spirit of God to breathe the Word of God into our souls. So in this chapter of More Than Bread, we're letting the Psalms saturate our souls. I love the Psalms. John Calvin called the Psalms an anatomy, an anatomy of all parts of the soul. <laughs> Contained within them, he wrote, are all the griefs, sorrows, fears, doubts, hopes, cares, perplexities, in short, all the emotions with which the minds of people are wont to be agitated. Luther called the Psalms a little Bible a handbook for our prayer lives. Eugene Peterson called the Psalms necessary to mature our faith. Without them, he wrote, we cannot glorify God with our entire heart, mind, soul, and strength. Peterson said that every language, including the language of prayer, is learned, and through the Psalms, we learn the language of prayer. I haven't talked about it every episode, but man, I, I hope you are praying through the Psalms every day after you listen to me. Some of the Psalms, you can just pray directly, just read the whole thing as a prayer, especially the places where it's speaking directly to God. But but all of them you can use as a guide for themes of prayer. But but all in all, it's, it's about developing your own language of prayer as you pray through the Psalms. If you don't do that, you're missing some of their greatest value. Today's episode focuses on Psalm 27, and parts of it are outright prayer. Parts of it point to areas where we need prayer. So let me start by reading Psalm 27 from the New Living Translation. Here's what it says. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the one thing I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He'll place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I'll hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy and singing and praising the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You've always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath they threaten me with violence, and yet I am confident that I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. So wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. This psalm begins with fear and it ends with courage. It's a great psalm for times that bring you, you fear, but but it contains an interesting journey, one that fits for real times, not nothing hidden. 
Unlike some of the laments that we've pondered, which start with lament, but then end in gratitude for God's promises, this psalm starts positive. I will not be afraid because of who God is, but it ends with a bit more of a sense of urgency and a reminder of the things that cause us to fear. Very real to life, right? And it closes with a very real reminder that sometimes we need to wait in the midst of fearful times. We need to wait patiently for the Lord to act. Uh, Let's just talk a little bit about fear, the need for courage in these days. Oh, my goodness. The first three verses all mention fear. Why should I be afraid? Why does my heart tremble? My heart will not be afraid. Why are you afraid? Why? You, You may have heard me say this before. The most common command in the Bible is not don't lie, do not steal or covet or kill. In fact, the most common command didn't even make the top 10. Throughout the recorded history of God's interaction with humanity, his most frequent challenge is not love one another. That might be the most important, but it's not the most common. It isn't read your Bible or pray. The most common command in the Bible is fear not. Don't be afraid. Don't be so frightened. Be courageous. Be bold. Fear not. Lloyd Ogavia, a pastor, noted that there are 366 fear not verses in the Bible. I haven't counted them all, but I believe him. One for every day of the year. Do you know why there's so many fear not verses in the Bible? It's because the Bible, if the Bible is full of stories about cowards, people who experience fear. Moses, Joshua, David, Sarah, Esther, Mary, the mother of Jesus, the disciples, man, they all experience fear. Remember that that story? Remember the disciples on the boat with Jesus in the storm? I mean, I'll never forget that, that question that Jesus asked them, why are you so afraid? I think Jesus was a little bit frustrated because they just didn't get it. They didn't understand that he is the antidote to fear. Fear and faith clash on the same canvas. As God paints brushstrokes of faith on the canvas of our lives, fear is overcome. Do you know what the most common promise is in the Bible? The most common promise is, I am with you. God says, I will be with you. I'll never leave you. I'm with you. It's And, and it's the most common promise that gives us the strength to fulfill the most common command. Fear not, for I'm with you. I'm with you. Don't be afraid. You you realize, I I think the most common evidence of the filling of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts is boldness and courage. Why? Because the filling of the Spirit brings such an immediacy to the presence of God. And as we draw near to the presence of Jesus and we place our trust in him, faith and love overcomes our fear, casts it out. That's why the psalmist says in verse 4, listen, God, I've only got one request, one thing I seek in the midst of fearful times that I may live in the house of the Lord forever. Give me your presence, he's saying, and I won't be afraid. In an article in uh, uh, Christian Women magazine, Kim Shearer wrote, One night while my young son Ryan was sleeping, a storm began brewing outside, and after a loud clap of thunder, she says, I I heard Ryan wake up and run to find me. So I headed towards his room to comfort him. When I tucked him back into bed, he asked me to stay with him until he fell asleep. And as I lay there, she writes, as I lay there with him, I realized that Ryan had not asked me to make the storm go away. He'd asked me to stay with him. I mean, how many times have we called upon God's power to take the storms out of our lives when what we really needed was just simply his presence? Just, God, would you stay with me? So so let me ask you, what are you afraid of right now? 
I'm afraid because fill in the blank. I'm afraid because I might fail. I'm afraid because maybe God doesn't care. I'm afraid because I can't control my life. Why, why are you afraid? Or let me change the question. Why are you not afraid? <laughs> I will not be afraid because in the darkness, God is my light. I will not be afraid because in the battle, God is my fortress. I will not be afraid because when trouble comes looking for me, God will hide me in his sacred space. I will not be afraid because my heart has heard his invitation and I'm coming to his table. I will not be afraid because even if those closest to me abandon me, God will hold me close. (laughs) Let, Let me just restate those in a handful of reasons. Number one, I will not be afraid because I'm confident in God. David is bragging on God. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. He's my light. He's my refuge. He's my defender. I'm confident in God. No matter what your battles are, internal or external, he has more strength. He has more power. He has more grace. He will overcome. The writer of Hebrews says the same thing in Hebrews 4.16. Let us then approach God's throne with grace, God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So I will not be afraid because I'm confident in God. Number two, I won't be afraid because God invites me into his presence. David is seeking the Lord at the Lord's invitation. John Piper suggests that communion with God is not merely learning about God, but enjoying fellowship with God. There is courage in God's presence, and and God actually wants us. He invites us to be with him. Number three, I will not be afraid because God will not abandon me. I am seen. I am known. God will not give up on me or give, God will not give me up or give up on me. You know, David spent a lot of years of his life fighting and running Goliath, Saul, his own family, enemy nations. But through it all, he never quit trusting God. The last words David says in verse 10 are, the Lord will receive me. And finally, I will not be afraid because I believe the best is yet to come. Man, I have hope in God. I am expectant. I love how David ends this psalm. He says, yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Now, how do we have, how, how do we wait patiently? It's by having a sense of expectancy in the goodness of God, by believing that I'm not a loser if God loves me and my story isn't over if he holds a pen. We wait in hope. Why should I be afraid? Some might say, come on, Dan, just look around. That's why. See the difficulties that we're living in. Politics, pandemics, war, poverty, racial conflict, divorce, sanctity of life issues, division in the church. I could go on and on and on and so could you. I mean, now more than ever, we need the prayer of Psalm 27 to make its way from our hearts to our mouths to his ears. (laughs) I mean, now more than ever, we need to seek his presence and seek refuge in his house. Now more than ever, we need his refuge, his faithfulness, his light, his salvation, his plan, his courage. Now more than ever, now more than ever, we need his presence. Because in his presence, we find joy and confidence and courage. Uh, let me close with a, a story's story of courage in the early church in the book of Acts. I, I love this story. You can read the whole story later on in Acts chapter 4, but here's the Cliff Notes version. 
So Peter and John heal this guy who's been lame since birth. He's about 40 years old, and he spent many days during those years just outside the temple begging for money. So he's known. He's known in the community. And when Peter and John give him what they've received from the Holy Spirit, this guy is healed, and he goes into the temple for the very first time. When Peter and John's friends find out what has happened, they they start praising God. And and when others, hundreds, maybe thousands of others find out, they're drawn to God. And and many become believers, which, which led to Peter and John being arrested and thrown in jail by the Jewish authorities. Now, the next day, as a requirement for their release, Peter and John are commanded to quit talking about Jesus. So what do they do? They immediately call for a prayer meeting where... Rather than praying for protection, they pray for courage. They pray for more signs and wonders, more opportunities to tell others about Jesus, which leads us to verse 31. In the midst of this prayer, after this prayer meeting, the the building where they were meeting shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with the Holy Spirit, they spoke God's word with boldness. Now, backing up, let me read a little bit more of the story. As soon as they were freed from jail, Peter and John found the other believers and told them what the priests and the elders had said, that they need to quit talking about Jesus. And then all the believers were united as they lifted their voices in prayer. And here's what they prayed. Oh, sovereign Lord, creator of the heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor, King David, your servant, saying, why do the nations rage? Why do the people waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. God, they, they, they pray, God, this is what has happened here in this city. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give your servants great boldness in their preaching. Send your healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Now, now think about this. They could have just given up. Stay safe, right? Can't take on the big machine of the temple and the priest. We're just blue-collar fishermen. But what did they do? They were released, they reported, and they prayed. And they weren't just any old wimpy prayers. They, They prayed for the courage to stand before they prayed for the comfort to sit. Now, Lord, consider their threats. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Well, let's be honest. Wouldn't we have been tempted to pray something like, oh God, you're a God of love and you love to bless your children. Please come in your loving kindness and put a hedge of protection around us that we might continue on living our pleasant, cautious, safe, well-planned out lives. No, they prayed for the courage to stand before they prayed for the comfort to sit. They prayed for the courage to risk more for God. You know what? I believe we need to recapture a theology of courage. In prayer, these people in the early church were grabbing hold of a sovereign God, a sovereign, all-powerful king. The the religious leaders, uh, the the same men who ushered Jesus to a cross are commanding Peter and John to stop talking about Jesus. But Peter and John replied, replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We can't stop telling others about the wonderful things we've seen and heard. Man, I just think in our lives today, in our culture, in our church, in our neighborhoods, in our families, We need bold prayers. We need courage. But there's actually something that comes before courageous faith. This is my favorite part of the story of courage in Acts 4. In Acts 4.13, it says, When they saw, these are the religious leaders, the enemies of the church, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary people, they were astonished, and they took note that these men 
had been with Jesus. See, before courage comes, we may need a little bit more time with Jesus. I I know this is true. Some of you think there's simply no way that God can do anything of significance through you. You're you're afraid. You're afraid to share the gospel. You're you're afraid to to, to be generous. You're you're, you're afraid. You, You beg off every time he extends his hand of partnership because you're just an ordinary nobody, a common anybody. But But really, it's a matter of fear. And what you need more than anything is courage. And if you're willing to be with Jesus, I'm telling you, the courage will come. Like David was willing to seek the presence of God, the house of God. If you seek the presence of Jesus, courage will come. The hearts of these men were forever changed by spending time with Jesus. It left them with a kind of courage that is unshaken when you're exhausted, frustrated, scared, spitless, with absolutely no way in the known world for you to do what God seems to be calling you to do, unless he does it through you. So let me read that psalm again from the New Living Translation. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they'll stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, oh God, the one thing I seek most, oh Jesus, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple, for he will conceal me there when troubles come. He'll hide me in his sanctuary. He'll he'll place me out of reach on a high rock. And then I'll hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray, O Lord, be merciful and answer me. My my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. So do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead, lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath they threaten me with violence, and yet, O oh God, I am confident that I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. I am confident that I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. So wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Let me pray for you. Father, I I pray for an infusion of courage. I I pray for a filling of your spirit that brings us boldness. God, I, I pray that Calvary would be a courageous church. I pray that every person listening who's not from Calvary would be a courageous follower of Jesus. You are our God. You you give us sacred space. You you hide us when trouble comes. We don't need to be afraid. You're working sometimes in ways that we can't even see. You're, you haven't put down the pen. Our stories are still being written. God, be merciful and hear us. Invite us into your presence. 
God, would you give us courage? Would you give us courage like you you gave to the early church? Would you give us courage? May we be brave and courageous. May we wait patiently for you to work. In Jesus' name we pray.